0: Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.
1: Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust proof stainless steel hardware, weather ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast.
2: Hi, it's Mr. By from Millwall Football Club and you're listening to the world-famous Acton Millwall. You're listening to Acton Millwall, broadcasting from the
1: beautiful South Birmingham. Set
2: no substitute. Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to Nick and Neil's Barbershop for something for the weekend, sir. Welcome to the show, our barber. <laughs> I don't know how long we can keep up this this pretense for Neil, Neil Fisler. Welcome to the show, Neil. Yeah, you're right, mate. I think I might have to start trimming my hair <laughs> on the Friday morning, uh... Oh, dear! it starts as a good joke, then you think oh, after a bit, maybe I'm flogging it. Anyway, we, we, I like the title, something for the weekend, sir. Um, Neil, the 2022-23 season is upon us. I'm looking forward to getting back down the den tomorrow, mate. It's, it's a long summer, isn't it? Mate, as all of those idiots say, one more sleep. <laughs> one more sleep, that's the sort of thing, isn't it? <laughs>
3: oh, oh yeah. dear. So... Yeah, but if you're real, Wall, you just go out tonight and you stay.
2: and <laughs> You go carry on and go straight down the den tomorrow. Yeah, well, that would have been the younger days, I must admit, mate. Yeah, yeah. It's been a long while since I've been capable of that, listeners. Um, obviously, we're speaking on the Friday ahead of tomorrow's Millwall versus Stoke City Championship i mean, I think the season starts tonight. There's a Sky Game on tonight. I can't remember. Is it Huddersfield playing tonight, Neil? Um, can't
3: remember. in Burnley. I've just been listening to Talk Sport and they've been... Plugging it all morning, so so I think the big kickoff is imminent. The
2: sun is shining, which is always a good thing. Absolutely, and there's some positive news on the London News Online uh website that we have no injuries. I don't know how long that's gonna last for. We, I don't, I've never known a period where we've had a full squad available, but apparently Gary Rowick does indeed have a full set to choose from for tomorrow's visit. Um, I'm mean, just going to be on a serious note, it's going to be the key to the season. Um, depth of squad and, and how many injuries we take, there's a certain amount of luck to that, isn't there?
3: Yeah, we haven't got the biggest squad in the world, have we? And I think at various times, yeah, we do know that the likes of Mr. Bennett, uh, Tom Bradshaw, yeah, uh, yeah. to a certain extent will pick up knocks Ryan Leonard. Generally picks up. He <laughs> <Wait. laughs> yeah, have at least one serious injury a season, doesn't he? So he's going to be key. But I think it's also partly tribute to the way that he hasn't run people into the ground pre-season. He's give everybody enough time, hasn't he? I know that Mason Bennett limps around one game, but that's nothing new, is it really? But no,
2: no. I was thinking about this because I spoke to to Harry and to Michael on Monday about the the pre season, and I think as fans, there's often a desire Neil for there to be big landmark fixtures. You know, other clubs seem to get games against the, the major European or British clubs, as as a case may be, which we don't seem to get. Um, but I think it's I think you've said it previously that it's the whole point and purpose of pre season is to get fitness levels up. And primarily not to get injured as well whilst you're doing that. And I think, you know, you can laugh at the trip to Dartford, the away, the run up the A12 to Colchester and places like that. But actually, it seems to have served its purpose this season.
3: Yeah, I think it's a strange one. Your big Premier League clubs, they go abroad and they go abroad to America, Australia, they go all over the globe now, don't they? Mm. They're a little bit out of reach. They don't want to play the likes of Millwall, and they won't want to play the likes of Millwall. Uh, if they did send a team down, it'd be their under twenty threes, and would anybody bother going out to watch it? And let's be honest, these bigger foreign clubs, as they are, they want they want astronomical appearance fees to come yeah. up. Yeah players and would and would you end up losing a lot of money on the game? Quite probably because nobody's gonna turn out to them, do they yeah, you get them No,
2: up, I think it's
3: four thousand. But apart from that, unless you get a Rangers or a Celtic or a team like that, the crowds aren't gonna be there. And, and 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 if you do hook a club like that, the police costs are going to be astronomical, aren't they? So I think it's a means to an end. Pre-season is just about getting fitness. I don't, I don't really buy into this. We always play crap teams. We play teams to get fit.
2: Yeah, and and there's a there's a so what factor to it that um, I mean I've I've said a few times and I won't labour the point. Oh, all right, I will labour the point. I hate friendlies. I mean, five minutes into tomorrow's game, pre-season means nothing. It's all gone. You know, who worries about whether we played um, Real Sociedad or? Had a, had a fixture some you know at Colchester or wherever it's it, it's it's all about tomorrow and, and the build up to the business part of the season which begins, in our case three o'clock tomorrow. Um, so no, I, I I'm I'm glad it's past us now. I, I I find pre-season to be a kind of like a twilight zone of you're neither alive nor, nor <laughs> not quite going yet. You know it's it's a, it's an odd zombie period, but that's, that finishes now. I'm, I'm looking forward to the season, Neil.
3: Um, yeah, I mean, we, we, if Gary Rowett had concerns or was worried about the standard of opposition that we were going to play and the, and the opposition wasn't good enough, I think he might have done something about it. <laughs> so,
2: yeah, we see. Yeah, yeah. I mean, replace Watford with the Swedish side, which I thought was... You know, okay, it was impromptu, but that, they're still pretty good opponents and they serve their purpose. And that's
3: that's He's really the guy, if he is unhappy with something, yeah, will he will say something? He will pipe up, he won't take it just as given that. Uh, so I don't buy into it, to be quite honest. And as you say, it's all behind us, yeah. I don't really care about pre season friendlies. Uh, yeah. It's all about hitting the ground running tomorrow, and it's a stupid expression, I know. But you want to play well tomorrow. If we play well tomorrow, then everybody forgets the fact that we played Dartford and we played Colchester on a Friday night.
2: And- um, I mean, one of the one of the rituals, one of the final rituals, like uh, like ancient Greece had their rituals. One of the, the ancient uh, Greeks would have have a series of events leading up to the Olympics, and we one of ours is to have the fan, the fan forum, which is like the last gasp of the pre-season ritual that we have to have. Um, we had, a, we had a, a WhatsApp exchange, Neil and I, about whether we, either of us have been to a fans forum. I have been to a fans forum a long while ago. I haven't been to one since. Neil, you've never been to one, mate, have you? And do you, I- ask, you actually asked, do you, do you look like the kind of boat that will go to a fans forum? And I've got to say, no, no, the answer to that is no, mate, you don't.
3: No, to be honest, uh, the kind of person that it attracts generally... <laughs>
2: <laughs> you, you
3: know, I know what you
2: mean. I was, oh, mate! Now every listener to our show knows exactly what you mean. Um, you two, you dear listener, would you go to a fan store? Well, most people don't. It does attract a certain type of of uh, a fan. Let's let's put it that way. Um, we, we do have some notes that you've you've um, you, you've kindly copied me from from Hoff. Um, about the main the main points last night, Neil.
3: Yeah, Phil Clark put them up, so thanks yeah, a lot. Big,
2: big uh, thank you to Phil for for going. Yeah, but um, he would get around
3: to doing it at least before <laughs> at least before uh, we started recording this, and we wouldn't end up like we did last week, where yeah, you know, I think Billy Mitchell signed a new contract after while we're recording. <laughs> I think it was pretty much yeah, we were recording. Billy yeah. and put pen to paper on the contract. So anybody that thought we missed that, well, we probably did, but it wasn't. <laughs> no,
2: but we were. I mean, this, this is that's the downfall of doing something like this. You'll you'll always be, um, you know, slightly behind events. Um, i was just interested. I'm just looking through the notes that Phil's put on 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 Hoff uh, listeners. Um, question number one was about Danny Mac and the ongoing. Saga of his contract, Neil. Um, apparently, was quite a few questions last night. The gist of the answers are that the club, Gary Rowett, Steve Kavanagh, ascending last night, both confirmed that they were desperate for him to stay. And that, but that the offers are on the table, or in a, their view, um, good ones. Um, supported by the fact that Murray Wallace, another contract um, extender this week, and Billy Mitch are both agreed deals. Um... Obviously, it's a bit of an awkward situation in a way because Danny Max entitled to push for the best deal he can get. Neil, it's a it's a business in the end, and he's he's in business. If you like selling his skills, Um, equal the club have to have a limit on on how far they can go. I, I I believe it's there's a structure of some sort here, and the club are probably at the brink of not being able to go any further with it. And then it's up to Danny, isn't it? Well, do you know what? I was all
3: going to come on it, all guns guns blazing. Mm. Uh, I was going to start blaming Danny McNamara's agent. So just before we started recording, I had a look to see who his agent was. And he's with the same agent as Murray Wallace. Okay. So, uh, so, so that was kind of that one there. I think it's probably a question of, I think you're right. I think that Millwall have made him an offer or they've made him several offers. He doesn't believe that, that offer's good enough him yeah with him his family and his agent quite mm. probably mm. uh would i like to see yeah i'd love to see him stay i'd love to i'd love to know what the difference is if it's only a couple of grand I'd just say just pay it <laughs> yeah to be quite honest or does he want to leave if he wants to leave I think we've got to sell him in this transfer window, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, there, there can't be any hanging on to him. I think it's far. I think it's reaching the stage now where Mill will either pay him what he's looking for as long as it's not 20, 30, 40 grand a week, which I can't imagine it is because, let's face it, he's a right back with
2: 18 months experience in the championship, isn't he? He's, he's he's a right back with yeah. Um, he's a, he's a very promising right back. Yeah. Um, I well, think if
3: sorry which surprised me. I, I thought he was a little bit younger than that. Oh,
2: but yeah.
3: but you can but you can fully understand he wants to get the most money he can. Millwall being Millwall probably want to pay him whatever they want to pay him because without the, him. It... He's going to cost a lot of money to replace. I know we've got Jamie Shackleton
2: on loan this for one season. We do. Um, problem is, we haven't got anybody else that can play there. No, you're then you're then down to Ryan Leonard filling in, aren't you? Yeah. Um, when well, he's better employed, deployed elsewhere. In my yeah, that's not good. he isn't. Yeah, he really isn't the Lionel Messi of our
3: team, or he's, <laughs> gonna be a world he's not going to be a Phil Neville.
2: No, he's a very good player, but he's, he's not the. Um, you know, he's, he's not not he doesn't, he doesn't walk God's earth as the best. Um, I think yeah are going to win twenty
3: bloody Premier League, FA Cup, and Champions League, Champions League titles in his career. He's probably he's probably going to be capable of playing in the Premier League. Yeah, he'll be I one. Think of those he players, yeah, he'll be one of those players that will do a decent job for a Premier League club. Yeah, he won't play for one of the best Premier League clubs, but he'll play for a decent. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. No, he could play for a a middling. You know, I'm I'm trying to think of examples. The only one that comes to my head is is Crystal Palace, and that's uh, that 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 pains me. Um, No, I I, I, listen. I, I I don't blame Danny Mac or any player. Um, trying to achieve the best value they can for themselves out of their career he's he's, a, he's approaching the the midpoint of his career he's, he's uh, the peak of a footballer's tradition said to be 25 26 that's when you're in your, your prime it's a very brief career neil i mean if you don't take your chance to make your money this is what jed went through it goes and they don't come back again and so i don't blame him for that ere mill must have a value that they don't they want to go to and no further um how that reconciles, we're going to see. I don't know. i, I make you right. I think we're in the middle of a, uh, the, the last few weeks of the transfer window. If he's not going to take it, then adults need to sit around the table and say, if you're not going to sign, we're going to have to move you on for money. That's that's how it is.
3: Your QPR offer is insulting. Let's not, be yeah, but let's not make any bones about it. And I think he's... I, and. And, and I actually think he's a better player than QPR, to be honest. I do,
2: I do. Yeah, I, I don't I don't, see what's in it for Dan to, to go there. Um, he should be looking upwards, if I was um, my place to advise him, but um, he can and should be looking looking upwards. Um, we're going to see. Um, the club have got to do what's right for the club. Dan's got to do what's right for Danny McNamara. Um, but that was one of the things raised last night, and I think we're at a kind of an impasse at the moment, really new, aren't we? But,
3: yeah, it could be. You well, know, it could be that once this transfer window closes, the only offer coming in is from QPR. It's not like we've got six or seven clubs battering on our door, or trying to sign him. No, it's,
2: as far as we know, that's the one that's on the on on the table. Um, very low offer, so you've just got to get on with it, haven't you? War of nerves at the moment, but we're going to come back to the fans forum. a little bit listeners I'm going to go back to some of the stories I picked out from the the websites um because the one that I picked out from I think this was London news about uh, Mills transfer business Gary Rowett saying that he's, he's still wanting to bring in one possibly two players I suppose um we're talking about forward um I think I saw somewhere else about him wanting more pace up front but also a large amount might rest on whether Danny does indeed have to be moved on. Um, that might be the second signing that we'll, we'll want to make. I don't know. I certainly think we need more up front based on the, the limited amount I've seen of pre-season, Neil. Um, tomorrow's going to be a big test. Uh, we, we'll see the, you know, in real, real-time conditions, we'll see the, the the strengths and weaknesses of the side as it, as it stands at the moment. Um, every indication seems to be that it's going to be up front, though, where we... Need to strengthen.
3: Yeah, to be honest, yeah, this could come and bite us in the bum if we score two or three goals in the first ten
2: minutes. If, if Isaac go gets his hat trick tomorrow, then one happy days, you know. It's. It do
3: look as if the one area of the team that he desperately needed to address was the, our creativity. Yeah,
2: yeah. We're
3: still not. We're still not getting the ball into the box enough for me. No. And uh I think it's an area that that needs to be looked at. We do need something else up front. We can't go into this season with the two strikers. We've got maybe mm-hmm. backed up by Isaac Alofi because he's untested at this level. I do Johnson. want I
2: yeah.
3: I do want to see him play at this level. I think it's a good I think it's a good idea that he stays around.
2: Uh-oh. Absolutely, absolutely. Um,
3: you give them a chance. Yeah, well, it could be that we might not need anybody if, if you prophesize he comes in and he, and he scores. If he,
2: if he starts scoring, top, we don't know what we don't know the full extent of how how far Topolo uh can go. Um, it, it's going to be a lot to expect them to come straight and make an immediate impact. But that's kind of what you're looking for. I'm just looking at a quote here from Gary Ringwood speaking to the South London Press, he says that um, you want to talk about bringing one or two players in before the window shuts, which is at the end of August. Um, He says you don't want to dive in before the the first weekend's game because the window doesn't shut to the end of August. This gives you time and a chance to look at our team a little bit and wait for the right player. It's a long season and you might have to wait two or three games for the right player. If we can get them quicker, we will do. I mean, it's it's an appeal for patience from the terraces, isn't it? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, not something that we're known for, but the reason, not no.
3: yeah, yeah, with the joke before we made that spate of
2: signings, was close the club, fold the club, wouldn't it? Yeah, we, we, we're done for now. It's now it's HMS Pish the League. Um,
3: yeah, and uh, it just seems to they are looking to do business, and that's a promising thing. I guess that one or two of these players will be Premier League players or. So, or young yeah, clubs, yeah. clubs. Uh, and they've all been away, haven't they? And they'll be reassessing what they can get and, and, and if they're willing to let players go out on loan and all, all, all kinds of stuff. It, 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 it It's a waiting game as much as you'd like to, uh, to have your, your squad. Your
2: marquee signing in place. Yeah. For the opening game.
3: Yeah. Which I think we've got that in Zane Fleming, Zion Fleming, whatever he's called. Yeah, uh, well,
2: going to be an interesting signing. Uh, we'll find out tomorrow again in the rough and tough championship how he, how he yeah, stands up.
3: He um, late on Hoff, I think, and uh, and people ex- and I think the problem with our I think the problem with our support is that if you don't hit the ground. And play like Messi, Ronaldo, and Johan Cruyff rolled up. Yeah, yeah, Johan Cruyff wrote, rolled into one. Uh, You're written off very quickly, and yeah, but let's give him half a season. Let's face it, Gary Alexander. Remember when Gary Alexander first signed? He didn't. And
2: start. Steve Morrison, Neil. Yeah, know, these, these are good examples.
3: Um, he's, probably, he's come to a different country, a different culture, a different a different way of playing football a different all kinds of stuff and to be honest he hasn't looked bad he's just not he's out.
2: finding his feet i think and that was my impression in the in the swedish game yes yeah,
3: expectations of him are probably a little bit too high, but that's a good thing i think in yeah well, in many respects it's You've just got to be patient
2: with the bloke. and Patience, hate- listeners. Can you find your patience? That's going to be the key. Uh, I mean, I, I think overall the business we've done, we've said it a few times on the shows, so I won't, won't um, flog the point. But, I mean, I'm just looking at uh, stories here are about Benekophobia, he's been scoring well pre-season. He's, he was our top scorer last season, which I think was 13 last season. Um, but also the, the lone players, Neil Shackleton, Chris, well, um, you know, these, these are... These are quality players. I think we, we've done good business. I've got every expectation that that level of of uh, signing, um, you know, if we do make more moves, then that level of signing will be what we can kind of, kind of expect now with Gary Rowett. And I think that that's, that's a hopeful sign. Um, it is a 46-game programme, dear listeners. So, um, you know, back to the politicians' point.
3: I, I don't see... Uh, Shackleton looked pretty good. Well, yeah, yeah, he he's done pretty well. Uh, Creswell looks like a player. Anybody who's willing to to do a Cruyff turn on the edge of his own box and <laughs> keep a lovely ball out. He's go. He, I think he.
2: I think he's an upgrade on Ballard. Ballard was a very good player, but I think that this lad... Seems to be the... Yeah, no, he has the advantage on him, which is which is all hopeful. Um, I don't see anything I've seen... I haven't seen
3: anything to make me disbelieve the prediction I made earlier in a podcast with Harry. I think we will be in and around the edge of the playoffs. I think we'll be between sixth and eighth, sixth and ninth. It depends on how close it is.
0: Achtung, Mailball!
1: That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST.
2: No One Likes Us clothing is the clothing range designed by Millwall fans for Millwall fans. Caps, T-shirts, polos, they've got it all. Visit noonelikesus.co.uk for the full range. Or if you're in Bermondsey on a match day, why not have a pint in the Blue Anchor Pub and pick up a NOLU, Polo shirt, no loo clothing. www.noanlikesus.co.uk. You know, it's going to be a strange season. We've got the World Cup break, which is in itself is an unusual thing. Um, interesting, there's actually a story I was looking at earlier on. On I think it's news at Den had, but uh, obviously coming from a European background, where the winter break is a normal thing. I'm, I'm not sure that I like it particularly in, in we're not used to it. Um, but he was advocating it. Others I remember Arsene Wenger used to advocate a winter break old, and I think I I think I rejected it because Arsene Wenger wanted it. And I think that was that was irrational of me. It's like um you should maybe take a it'd be an interesting experiment this season. Yeah well let's be
3: honest. Premier League clubs only want a winter break so they can go and earn millions mm. of pounds playing pre uh, playing friendlies in in various parts, yeah,
2: exotic locations, basically, you know, where there's money to, to, to yeah. Well,
3: their motivation behind it, isn't it, is just to fill their pocket or to fill the bank account even more.
2: Uh, I suppose Bart was looking at it as, as it should be. If it, if it's, if it has a value, it, it should be that it's a chance to recharge batteries, get injured players back on their feet, and just you know recharge with whatever way you want to want to put that um and we're going to get it this season whether we like it or not the the championship season pauses in early november and then comes back again in early december and i think the premier league continues back after boxing day they resume after christmas after the world cup's taken place so it's going to be an interesting um rightly or wrongly it's going to be an interesting uh, experiment in that way, but he's advocating it as a as a general good in the game. It's just not not traditionally English, is it?
3: Yeah. Now, well, what I like to call that World Cup right officially from now on is Neil and Nick's World <laughs> Cup history. <laughs>
1: so- we
2: could do that. We could do that. That's a that's a good idea for the uh, the, the four weeks of no Millwall. <laughs> That we're going to get um, money, money, money. I think I'm just looking at the notes from the, the um, fans forum last night. Neil, and and um, there's a, a Steve Cavanaugh was asked about money, uh, Premier League's financial plans, and because um, Steve Cavanaugh is now sitting on the, I think he's on the board of the Football League, isn't he? Um, as, as, a, as a Championship representative. I um, he was quite adamant that uh, we need to reject their plans to, re- the EFL must reject the Premier League's plans to reduce parachutes in exchange for clubs taking on under-23 uh, and lone players in return, which is, which is a story that you both of us actually picked out from The Guardian the other day, Neil. Uh, the idea that um, the parachute system would be reduced, not done away with when you come out of the Premier League, but in 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 quid pro quo, we have to take um, lone players from Premier League sides. Um, it does have a slightly kind of a domineering effect, doesn't it? I know that the Premier League dominates whether you like it or not, but this, uh, this idea seems to be almost institutionalising it.
3: Yeah, one of two things, one or two of my thoughts on it is I don't want Premier League teams or reserve teams playing no, in No. In, in the EFL, I think that would be a major step back. That would
2: be the death of the Football League in my opinion, yeah. Also by the same token
3: you, you, you have to look at they play them in the in the Pizza Cup or whatever it's called these. Carabao, guys. yeah, yeah. yeah no, they play them in the
2: yeah, no. Oh, the, uh, the Papa John's yeah, yeah, yeah
3: yeah. yeah. Or whatever it's called yeah. um, and they don't attract great crowds it's not going to do anything for English football. In fact, it will devalue English football to have to have those clubs involved. But by the same token, I believe that the parachute payments are a bad thing. Yeah, because all as it does is it just means the chances of the three clubs that come down, they're more than likely going to go back up again, aren't they? Let's face it, Fulham went down. Yeah they were able to pay Mitrovic two hundred k a week in the
2: Championship. Something stupid. Norwich, it's, it's Fulham Norwich syndrome, isn't it? This is what you, you you're developing clubs like that. Yeah. And the reason that
3: they can yo yo and that they can buy their way back up there is because they're getting
2: all yeah all of this money. Yeah, Bournemouth, Bournemouth are the same last season. I mean, you know, uh- yeah,
3: Bournemouth. Didn't do it for a season, did they? But then again, yeah, but I do agree that you do get the parachute payment for two or three years, don't you, I think, afterwards.
2: I think, it, yeah, it, redu- it reduces over a two- or three-year period, but it does create oh, a distorted
3: market. Balance because obviously in the Premier League, you pay a lot of money and mm. it's closer, but it does give them an unfair advantage when they come down. Uh, should we be developing their talent for them? <laughs> yeah it's a strange yeah it's a strange thing to say because in an around about sort of way we're developing charlie creswell for for leeds yeah yeah, for leeds. Shackleton.
2: yeah giving yeah. giving a run out yeah a little
3: bit different i think because we've actually got an option to buy on shackleton haven't we uh to a certain extent we actually have yeah. harry kane for tottenham yeah let's yeah, not, not make too yeah, many bones about it. He came down here and he went back a man, didn't he? To, to well,
2: he did, yep. he became the player that he, he would go on to become.
3: Uh, so, so I, I am in favor, but what I'm not in favor of, of is that we develop this talent for them and it enables them to flog the player on at an extortionate rate, which I think happens uh yeah but well, i know we've got a story in a minute about manchester city selling
2: some yeah. that they poached off us just just looking at it as, as fun enough as, as as you're speaking i thought the next point we'd make would be the raised at the fans forum last night listeners about the kids that we sold to Manchester City and I suppose Zach Lovelace as well going to Glasgow Rangers um in a similar circumstances where we and other clubs, because not just us. It's a, it's, a, it's a thing in the in the lower levels that you develop these kids at some cost. You know, some, there's some resources that are devoted, our resources that are devoted to the production of these kids, development of them, and then they go for nothing and, and make the profits for those that sort are of really sloshing around with fortunes in their bank balance. So, I mean, football... Football is this there's this supposed to be this um review of football where that's gonna sit now with the current chaos in government. I I don't know. Um there was a talk of it coming in. I I, I don't know that no one's even mentioned it now in in recent weeks in in, uh, in the, the political sequel uh, circles. So whether we'll see that. That was supposed to be some kind of resolution of, of the you know the structure of football and the financial structure of football, which
3: Yeah, the good thing with the city situation is we've got salon clauses. So, so, I believe that wasn't one of the players linked with Southampton for about fifteen million. So and we
2: get a slice of that, yeah.
3: So, so well, that's a good thing. Yeah, uh, lovely. I did. I did actually note that he scored against some no-op non. Uh, <laughs> But
2: Bonnie, Bonnie rig
3: <laughs> academical. So, so. Worse than that, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, McDrop ball kick about, <laughs> and actually, yeah, well, actually got injured. So yeah, but well, that yeah. did a smile. I must. Well, that,
2: that that will that, make Harry happy. He likes he likes stories like that. Um, uh, but
3: yeah, you no. Know, so yeah, well I think the two cases are different. I don't think we'll get anything for Lovelace. Uh, no, no, he's gone. No. Situation. Yeah, but it's that thing that irks me is they is is they've actually poached those players' offers in the first place. Then they want, then they develop them slightly. We develop them even more. Then they go to Manchester. Then they go back to Manchester City, and uh, then they flog them on at a vast profit to somebody else. That is the part of it I don't like. I think that we should get some kind of development fee, if, yeah, if that's the case. Uh, but it isn't like that. Yeah, well, we are waiting for scraps off the table. And that's not getting... Yeah, we can't moan, obviously, to the price of football. And, and, and apparently, the Championship take about 80% of the revenues for, that come down from the Premier League and then it just gets progressively lower
2: (laughs) less and less as you go down the the pyramid so it's hardly worth it yeah Uh, i mean it's football generally is in need of restructuring whether we'll ever see it or not is is open there as i've mentioned already there was intended to be a review of football which the government said they would introduces legislation but obviously since in 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 recent times the uh, government has, has has gone into a tailspin so whether we'll see that in the two years that remain of this particular government we don't know I think they're going it...
3: to because they made such a big deal of it and um, yeah but let's be honest if we do get a change of government i i think it's the kind of thing that would probably go down quite
2: well it's an easy win but yeah it remains to be seen let this 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 let's, well, let's, let's leave that there
3: like politics because we're a mid podcast
2: that's right totally politically neutral listeners aren't we on, on this
3: yeah, yeah unless you're a liberal democrat then you can fucking not listen to
2: us anymore one other point from last night's um uh fans forum just to to close out the notes i'm looking at here. I'm talking about renewal the um the, uh, the the development of South Bermondsey, uh, which um, seems to be dragging on forever. I mean, obviously it's five years since we fought and, and thankfully won the campaign to fend off the the sale of the car park back in 2017. But a point was asked last night about the state of play with that. And this is a reply via Phil's notes, I presume from Steve Kavanagh, to say that we've 123 years left on the lease of the stadium, but that means no development rights of the car park within our lease as it stands at the moment. Mill needs London Borough Lewisham to agree a longer lease. So we secure our, our home at um, the Den and to give us development rights over the over the car park. The mayor committed to that uh, one or two years ago, but since then Lewisham have been back backsliding slightly. Steve Cavanaugh is now confident it's back on track and talks are underway to get a 250 year lease with development rights. Let's let's see as Phil puts it here. Um two hundred and fifty years is I mean that, that, that will see you and me out, Neil, that's that's for sure. Um two hundred and fifty years that take us to the year twenty two twenty-five, twenty five or something like that. I don't know. Um according um, to Grad Thornburg, yeah, we're all gonna be doomed by then. <laughs> it'd be underwater, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, or it'd be like the surface of Venus. <laughs> but anyway, uh, it'll hey, still be ours. <laughs>
3: Yeah, this thing has actually dragged on and on and on and on. Uh I yeah, you know, I can't see John Berylson and Steve Kavanaugh letting it drop with Lewisham. I Too think
2: much money involved. It's this
3: Exactly. And John who's uh yeah, but John's an American. Americans aren't shy of taking legal action, are they?
2: No, absolutely. <laughs> no. Um
0: so what's yeah, the, the state
2: apply to, to asking for a 250-year lease with development rights, um, which will be similar to what you see all over London? There, I mean, there's loads and loads of blocks of um, flats with shops on the ground floor. It's so uh, a totally different subject, but I was just uh, saying the other day to my wife, who's always interested in what I've got to say on these things. Um, how uninteresting <laughs> uninteresting London is becoming because um, it all looks the same. You know, wherever you go, I mean, you, you come back to, to town, don't you? And you, you just see loads and loads of these flat developments with retail units or coffee shops or whatever on the ground floor. And it's just becoming... It's boring. What happened to the old London of interesting streets and squares and blah blah blah. Anyway, that's different subjects for podcasts.
3: Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, no, I think you're right. And and uh, but but the pace of the renewal in and around that area or hmm. our area has been painfully slow, hasn't it? It's well,
2: it uh, has, um we
3: desperately need another yeah, the transport infrastructure is what I'm trying to say. They they do make it as difficult as they can possibly make it to get to in and out again. Yeah, we're crying out for that uh, station on the London overground towards the back of the ground, behind the recineration. That was gonna
2: be the one that wouldn't open on match day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you need you need
3: that. Stupid, um, isn't it? You yeah, we'd have thought that it would ease the congestion on match days and, uh, and drive cars away. I mean, that's that's
2: a that's a prime thing in London now is making cars. Um, but, actually, there was difficult. something caught
3: my eye last night, mm. and that was the food and beverage, yes, uh, thing, which it looks like it was something that we mentioned last week. I think. Well, I,
2: I was bemoaning the fact that when you go to even the the, the most um, small-scale um, non-league clubs. And I, I saw something, one of the West Country clubs, they do proper Cornish pasties as a, as a norm, you know, the proper they ones. They all do proper Cornish pasties. At and then you'll get your local aisles, which are decent. You know, you know you know the score. All the listeners know the score. Whereas you contrast that with the, the very poor um catering. Let's, let's not beat around the bush. And, you know, we... Someone mentioned £6.30 for a pint of what is probably fairly average lager. I, I don't drink when I go to football. But, I mean, I, I did have a, a, a meat pie last season. I thought, oh, Jesus, this, it, if I hadn't have been starving, Neil, I wouldn't have eaten it. £6.50 um, for a Coke is theft.
3: Yeah. Um, Beyond a small I, pot of Coke that's a pound. Yeah. But the good news is that that over the next few home games uh mill will have agreed to get more street food style vendors outside in the car park which is something that I, yeah which I, yeah which we touched upon last week and me and harry mentioned i think when we did a pod with you last season
2: uh, yeah i mean this is this is
3: good stuff um in the I'd... right direction and i'd actually like to see maybe one or two uh, different beer sellers. I don't drink that much. No, no. Uh, it, it would be quite nice to have one or two guest, uh, guest beers in the car parks. Yeah,
2: just something, just something be, that's a little bit yeah. different. Should be easily done. We've got breweries locally. We've got caterers, um, and I think I think it's the way to go. And that's good news. Well done, Millwall for arranging that. Um, yeah. It seems like we are stuck with a contract with a firm called Sodexo Neil for the in stadium stuff, five year deal. But um the fact that they've managed to get some leeway to bring in some street food in the in the car park is great news and it deserves support, listeners. So you know when you see it, give it a go because that's the way we're gonna get more of that kind of thing by giving it support. Um, what I would all so well, well, well
3: yeah, without sounding too woke about things, yeah. Don't have a go. <laughs> Yeah, without, yeah, let's not have a go at the poor buggers that are serving the food and drink at Grand. Yeah, they're just, yeah, but they're just doing a job. Yeah, and they're being paid (laughs) not very well. Yeah, Yeah, if it's
2: minimum wage, I'd be surprised.
3: Yeah, yeah, to to work, and it's not the most glamorous of jobs, and it's probably not a job I'd want to do, but. and with a little bit of respect for fellow human beings.
2: That's That'll it's get going me that's gonna get you cancelled, <laughs> <don't we? laughs> you're on the you're on the woke podcast already, mate, working with the wokest wokes. <laughs> Hi, it's Mr. for now from Millwall Football Club, and you're listening to the world famous Acton Millwall. Back to my notes. We, uh, we've mentioned already. Murray Wallace has tied the tied down, as, as they put it, a strange expression. we will tie down. We've got a vision of him being bound and gagged. Um, Murray Wallace says he signed a new contract with Billy Mitchell. We've mentioned Billy already. That's good news. Um, did we, we? We touched on this. I think in last the last show we did. You new know, Alex Mitchell having a uh, is being loaned out now to St Johnston. Is joining Callum Davidson up there in Perth. I think St Johnston isn't it in, in Scotland to. Um, either gain experience uh, and come back, like Danny Mack, I think, or gain experience and stay there. like I think James Brown went and didn't come back, so we'll, we'll see. It's going to be a test for Alex up there in Scotland.
3: Yeah, uh, it didn't work out for Isaac Alofi up there. A, yeah, like remember that Isaac Alofi went up there and couldn't get in the team. I think he needs to play a better standard than League Two. Of which I think he had a spell at Orient last year, didn't he? So he needs to. Give his it's- yeah, he's
2: twenty. it's a turning point. A St Johnston in the Scottish Premier League? Are they? I mean, I presume they have games at the, at the likes of Celtic and Rangers and, and Hibernian and Arts.
3: Yeah, funnily enough, Nick, if you actually, yeah, if you actually read the notes that you sent us,
0: yeah, it does like-
3: <laughs> formally. Assistant manager at the Lions, now in charge of the Scottish Premier League, um, Scottish Premiership Club.
2: So they do. <laughs> Sorry. That stopped, that stopped me in my tracks, listeners. I should read my own notes. Scottish Premiership yeah. Club, St Johnston. <laughs> Thank you, Neil. <laughs> yeah, well, that's paying back for the woke tweet
3: that you sent to me. me uh, <laughs> yeah, the other day. Oh, no.
2: Oh, yeah, no, that's, that's fair point, mate. Fair point. Um,
3: no, he. Yeah, but hopefully. Hopefully it's a decent move for him. Hopefully he goes up there and he does what Danny Mack did. Yeah. Um, the making of him. Uh, I think Orient were very impressed with him. I think he's a player that we have got one eye on that we think will make it.
2: One for the future. Yeah. yeah. And, and he's working with Callum Davidson, who we know anyway. So, and um, yep.
3: um, He isn't going, going to get anywhere near our team at the minute, is he? So well, let's get him out there, let's get him some decent football, but then let's, let's look at integrating him a little bit more this time next year. So he goes up there, hopefully he has a, yeah. Hopefully, he's a first-team regular up there and uh, he comes back to us ready to hit the ground running because for next year obviously Creswell's around for one season so we will have a vacancy.
2: Absolutely. So good best of luck to Alex. Alex Mitchell up there at St Johnston. Um just looking through some of my other notes here. The Millwall app. Have you downloaded your Millwall app yet, Neil? The new I app.
3: downloaded the Millwall app and uh it's quite good. Yeah, it's quite decent really, isn't it? It, it yes. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know why I downloaded it. I think probably because I thought you might ask about it and uh <laughs> you're blown. Yeah, I've looked at it a couple of times. I'm still none the wiser as to how you create your Millwall profile.
2: No, that's a complicated thing. I've got to say, I mean, if you're you're net-minded like many of the younger generations are, then it's probably the most simple thing in the world to do. Many of our fans aren't net-minded, a surprisingly large number of people who have not got a clue when it comes to apps or the internet or anything like that, rightly or wrongly. And it is it is a bit off putting. I mean, I've done mine. Basically, you tie together your ticketing account, which exists as a separate thing, um, with your TV account because that's 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 on there, and and um, kind of tie them into into one. The app kind of brings that ticket thing into it. Um, it seems awfully complicated. It does. I don't know why it needs to be that complex. It's, once you've done it, you can forget about it. But it's it, it is a bit of a performance to get there. Um, In fairness to the club, they will give you support. I mean, I know that Shona, who must have the patience of mother Teresa of Calcutta. So big shout out to Shona out there. And you're, you're maybe a bit of a saint, like a,
3: Saint
2: Shona. Yeah, not being disrespectful. <laughs>
3: yeah, <laughs>
2: it'd be like a shrine to Saint Shona out there. soon the the amount of qu- queries and quibbles that she'll get trying to create a Mill profile, which you then link to your Mill ticket account. I mean, it, it 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 is it is a performance. Let's say that. But the actual app I just want to say well done to the Lions for getting this app together. It, it, it's the real deal. It looks modern. It looks 21st century, as I think of it. And as we've said on previous shows now, it's nice to see the club moving in the right direction, as with the TV service that they're trying to provide this season as well.
3: Yeah, we've said, I think we've picked up Mac and uh, Billy a couple of times. Yeah,
2: Carl, yeah. Um, yep.
3: This, I think that, yeah, we're no longer looking at being small minded, Millwall, are we? We, are, we
1: are
2: looking looking big, yeah, looking for the big time. Um, and they seem to be doing away with this recast business as well, Neil, which, um, was the... I, I was never in
3: favor of that. And to be honest, I don't know why. No, I don't. Um, I everything behind a paywall in this situation, they could put it on YouTube. No doubt the club's got enough stuff up there that they can monetize stuff, yeah. It just brings it to a a much wider audience. You look
2: at county cricket and what they've done. Live coverage, I've noticed, yeah. on, of all their games just couldn't yeah. put out for nothing.
3: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Well, certainly, Middlesex, my county, uh, have put a lot of resources into it. It's not cheap, but they do get the benefits of it. I think I, I saw a uh, I saw one game, uh, Kent and somebody had. 30, 40,000 people watching it on YouTube. And yeah. If you can get that sponsored, that's an awful lot of that's an awful lot of eyes.
2: It's the way to go. Um, it, I, I was that, watching. Um, it wasn't Middlesex. It was, I think, it was Essex. I was looking at Essex, but they had um, a similar kind of thing. Where they actually had, like you would get on Sky, listeners, you know, where you got like two commentators, one giving the play-by-play, so to speak one coming in with the funny stories and the, the, the color comment, as, as they put it. Um, and the, I think multiple angles on the, on the camera. So it's professionally done. It doesn't, you know, it, it, it's not Sky TV, Neil, but it's pretty good. And you can certainly have it on, on your screen, on your iPad, watching it when you're sat in your garden or something,
3: you know. Mate, yeah, no, it's superb. But we should be looking at, and, at, at, at that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, Dan gets quite decent mm. numbers on Lions TV for some of the stuff he does. So I think that, that the club are right, that they should be looking at this new stuff. But I don't believe you should pay a subscription to listen to to Gary post-match
2: no 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 i mean the like, recast thing was was an odd one i mean anyone that watched it you had to watch a certain number of adverts to build up a credit and then you could watch the interview or the, the adverts. it wasn't
3: just one advert
2: no you had to watch a few didn't you um you had
3: to watch a lot of minutes to get uh to get enough credits to watch a reserve team game That's yeah right.
2: yeah that, that that seemed like a lot um and you could buy credits so i didn't i didn't like that bit um and sometimes I think that you go there's a, there's a psychologically strange game that you're playing with yourself. Somehow I will sit through a couple of adverts on YouTube, now or whatever TV show you're watching. You know, football and telly, you go to adverts, but somehow it felt more painful to choose to watch a recast advert than it did when you just log on to um, you know cricket as a, a regular advert breaks. So I I couldn't quite get why I felt um, why I resented it so, but I did.
3: Yeah, to be honest, uh, we had some games on YouTube, some reserve games on YouTube, didn't we? Yeah, we uh, did, yeah. Not so long ago, and it was great
2: watching them. Stick them on there. Like you say, with the cricket, stick them on there. You can you can yeah. have adverts running across the bottom of your screen. It's easily done now. The technology is easy. Corner. It only needs a
3: little bit of mouse. And... uh these things can be done, and, and 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 it's just giving something back, isn't it? it? You don't have to charge for everything. I think, I think that Millwall have got into the. If it's losing money, like with the programmes, we're not going to buy. Yeah, we're not going to produce it anymore. But no. you don't have to charge for every single thing. Middlesex they don't charge for the for the close of play adverts or the pre-game. Oh, sorry, yeah, adverts, yeah, interviews. Yeah, and pre-game stuff with the coach. They don't charge for that. They just whack it up on YouTube.
2: And I mean, the uh, the cost of entrance to a county cricket game is is very small. I mean, I, I went to Essex. I think I paid. I think I paid thirteen pound to get in there. You know, for a whole day's worth of yeah. pretty good sport. If you like it. I mean, it's not going to be for everyone. I, I, I take that point. Um, but yeah, um, so download the Mill app. And if you can persevere with creating yourself a profile, um, it, it, it's, it's a good app and it's the way to go. It brings you uh, this one, yeah. I'm going to link them this week and we're going to talk about it next week. Next okay. week, we'll, we'll do Neil's experience on linking them together just to move us along. We've mentioned the Premier League and the, and the uh, their, their desire to uh, loan players in return for a reduced, uh. Parachute point. So we won't go over that again. One thing that did strike me now, in fact, um, two two linked stories in a sense this was this crackdown on disorder. We, there was a, a post on the Millwall website this weekend on on Twitter about the football industry's desire to head off um, pitch invasions, pitch intrusions, um, and also the use of pyrotechnics these these city flares, which I don't like. Um, but we did see one at the at the Den last season. Um, I'm hoping that that does begin and end with that one. Yeah, but, but it wasn't, yeah, but it wasn't thrown
3: by us. It
2: was thrown by those mongs from uh, from. No, there was there was one. There was one. There was one that came out of the, uh, one of the middle sections at one one of the end games of the last season. Um, it was a blue yeah. flare. I mean, I, I don't like it, it. Is something not in my um, on my radar? but the, the football industry are looking to crack down on this. So um, the penalties for uh pitch invasion, we don't want to sound like we're killjoys here, Neil, do we? But you, you've got to be careful. This You know, you know it's, it's, it's a criminal offence to go on the pitch now. So you have to be very careful. Um, the, the penalties are quite severe. I don't think we have many pitch invasions,
3: do we? Uh, yeah, but I know we have the traditional end of season. End of season is the only time you get it. Really? Uh, yeah. But, uh, but I think what you've got to be careful of is there was a phase last season of kids running onto the pitch to try and get shirts. Yeah. Which is also something I don't understand.
2: Throwing things at players as well is another thing. Uh,
3: yeah, well, yeah, let's face it, that is always going to be an accident waiting to happen down at Millwall, isn't it? A day cripple comes down
2: and. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, no, I agree. There's an interesting series of, of tweets. I was just before Neil and I started to record listeners. I was looking at Fair Cop, which is a like a like a legal service for fans that, are, that have problems at football. Um, and I thought I'd just read out these. If you'll indulge me, Neil, uh, about three tweets here. They say Fair Cop say there's a re- renewed emphasis on both supporter behaviour and the consequences of that. While some may think pyro is great, I don't, but some might do um going on the pitch and and certain behaviors might be a laugh ultimately it may mean a criminal record and a football banning order neither of which are fun or a laugh um they continue i'm not here to tell anybody what to do or how to behave uh, but the consequences of a criminal event record can be severe it can be to the detriment of your education your employment and your day-to-day life like renting property or going on holiday i think that's the serious side of it um there is a, an impact of what in the moment seems like a giggle can blight, you, blight your life, really. So, And they're looking for you now, listeners. So I think just be careful is about the only way we can put it, Neil.
3: Yeah, they're out for an easy nick, aren't they? They don't want yeah. to, you to yeah. do any proper work uh, because, <laughs> yeah, yeah they don't want any proper criminal.
2: They don't want to nick burglars or muggers or street incidents. They want to get yeah, their they... numbers up there. Yeah.
3: Yeah, they'd much rather do somebody for for throwing something at football, lobbing a pie at football. And yeah, well, in Millwall's case, yeah, but well, those pies are yeah, well are warm to nuclear temperatures, aren't they? So they could probably do quite yeah. a bit. But yeah, but it always strikes me: why would somebody go and lob summer at a football match?
2: I yeah, well like get carried away. I mean, football is, 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 is as as the cliche has it is a passionate sport, and some people just get go too far and get carried away. Um it, it's, it's a bit like driving your car around town now, listeners. You know, you, you you everyone knows you can be you're on you're on screen basically from the moment you set foot over your threshold of your front door till you get to your shopping center or wherever you're going. You you and then the, the opportunities to get nicked and break rules are now um you know many fold. And it's going to be the same at the football. Now, some will say, "Oh, it's all wrong," but unfortunately, that's that's how it is, whether you like it or not. And they they are looking to crack down. On it. And as Neil says, there, uh, you're going to put yourself in the in the in the realm of being easy ammunition if you do break any of these quite avoidable rules. So just uh, just keep that in your mind, I think, for the new season. Uh, and finally, just to close us out, listeners, um, been watching any of the Euro Women's Championships, Neil? We're in the final, mate.
3: <laughs> I wouldn't watch it if it was played in my front garden, mate.
2: <laughs> to be honest, yeah. Oh, dear. I, I watched... um on and off, on and off. I, it was, it was on, and uh, yeah, it was a good, good, some good moments. I, I think the what struck me is the uh, defensive and the goalkeeping on the Swedish goalkeeping. I mean, in the semi-final when England got from, um, was it was yeah, not, think... not not the highest quality, but I mean, some of the some of the forward play was quite. I mean, the, the backheel goal from the goal, I can't think of a name now. That was that was very well well done and cheeky um but there was there was um a tweet by frank bruno i thought it might be nice just to close with a tweet by frank Bruno. it kind of sums up my views on on the situation he says um oh this is frank mbe okay i'll be honest up until last night after the semi ladies football had not been on my radar as a must-watch experience but last night i am i am a fan and proud of what the lionesses have achieved and i'll be cheering them on Um, and they're giving the country a feel-good factor, let's embrace it. I'm kind of somewhere around that with it, Neil. Um, Yeah, I'd like to see us win it. Um, Let me clarify
3: my position on it, yeah, because I wouldn't watch it if it was in the front garden. Uh, But (laughs) but that's not to say that, yeah, there is a feel-good factor
2: that goes with it,
3: yeah. I don't believe it's – I'm just not interested in women's football to be Quite
2: no hard. no
3: no I I, I kind um, of kind of know what you mean. It's I was in horse racing, so I didn't watch Glorious Goodwood. I no. I'm not into golf so I didn't watch the British Open. Uh, so, uh,
0: yeah.
2: Yeah I think the, it's that point though is it is regarding it I, I regard it as a different sport in a sense. It's football, of course it's football, but it's not um it, it it's the amount of interest. I mean you have to be honest, um I hadn't followed this tournament i will be up front. it was on the other night and uh, yeah, it was a big Game and uh, some of the moments caught my eye, and I hope we win it because uh, I want England to win stuff, and that's always good. Um, do I? Do I like? I watched the cricket last night. I want us to beat South Africa in the twenty twenty, but it's not yeah. not something I'm. If If you ask me, do I want to win? I want England to win, but it, it, it's not burning yeah. inside me.
3: Yeah, I'm not going <laughs> to. They stood half a chance of getting me watching a game until they start preaching. They started preaching about diversity and inclusion, that there weren't enough black players playing in the England side, yeah?
2: Right.
3: And to my mind, that is what turns me off watching it, Mm. is that this constant evangelistic approach to it, that you can't make up your own mind. If the players were good enough, they would be in the side. Yeah, we don't need racial quotas along South African sport lines. No, no, different different history there. Um... Yeah, exactly. But when they preach things like that, it just puts me off it. Gareth Southgate puts me off watching the men's team because of this
2: constant preaching. He
0: needs
2: needs a win, doesn't he? He needs... (laughs)
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah i really do hope they win it because i think it'll be fantastic for for the game yeah yeah not only for the women's game but for the country yeah it there is a good feel good factor i was listening to talk sport before we started recording and they had to they were they were in some like Trafalgar square and they and they would happen to find a couple of Scots. Yeah, we want Germany to beat England, yeah? And,
2: <laughs> uh, I mean, you, you know when that's happening, you know... The, you've, caught, you've caught the imagination. No, I, 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 I hope we win it. Um it wish, wish the girls well. Um, it just isn't for me. I'm going to wash my hair on... on night <laughs> you
3: know, i film or something like that, but no. Yeah, but it's just not for me. Yeah, but in my mind, you can still not like something on this planet. You're fully
2: entitled in this life to like stuff, whatever that might be, and not to like it. And I, I think long may that right continue. I think that's probably a good moment to leave the Something for the Weekend show there. Neil's going to go and wash his hair. Um, <laughs> I'm going to try and edit this. And um, we'll be back next week, Neil. We've got a regular series going now, mate. Something for the Weekend, sir.
3: Yeah, we will. Yeah, we will indeed. Hopefully, people like it and uh,
2: they drop us. A, you know, yeah, they can... Can contact us. Let us know if you like it. Yeah. We're we, we're going to launch ourselves as a new more and Wise if it really takes off. So, um, <laughs> straight man, funny man. <laughs> Who's who? Don't know. <laughs> you,
3: you're exactly. You're a
2: less. You're a less funny man. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: Till next week, listeners. Arivadur G Mill. Bye for now.
0: You have been listening to Achtung. Millwall, please do leave us a review at Apple Podcasts. Danke schon. Up the lines. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue.